Welcome to another episode of The Student Manager. It's the hiring manager episode brought to you by Farmer News and joining me from Southern California, fresh off his, he's one month working with the Anaheim Ducks in group sales. They just had their game last night, lost to the LA Kings five to three. Ducks aren't going to the playoffs, but we have Jake Brionis, former modern day alumni and also went to Whitworth College. We'll be talking Whitworth. He played baseball yeah. there, but now it's the real world. I love having my guests come on talking about sharing the interviewing, hiring process, what to do, what not to do to give you all audience, which are parents as well as students trying to get into college. But then those four years will go by quick, right, Jake? And then it's the real world. Hey. Yeah, they sure do. Next thing you know, you'll have graduated college and you're out there in the, in the real world with a real job. And the interviewing and hiring process, is that a job in itself? Um, it definitely is. It takes a lot of uh, research and preparation, making sure that you're ready to take that next leap. So it's not, you know, in terms of nine to five job, but it takes a lot of mental um, preparation to get, get ready for it. And a lot of rejection as well. Correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. Yes, there's a lot of that that comes with it. So when I say mental preparation, it's not only getting ready for the job, but it's also getting ready for not getting a job as well, because there's a lot of ups and downs. And we'll get into that. We'll talk about the numbers game. I want to take care of some house cleaning items. We are brought to you by the Journeyman Whiskey. It's a brand new whiskey, whiskey distillery from my good friend, Sean Pronger. And his brother, Chris Pronger, does that kind of resonate? Does that name ring a bell, Jake? It sure does. Yep, absolutely. Right? Sean Pronger and Chris Pronger, formerly of the Ducks. Obviously, Chris, the Hall of Famer. Sean, my good friend. He's out in the working world. But they have their own whiskey distillery out in Canada. And I said, you know what? Can you be my sponsor? He said, absolutely. So for all of you listening out there, audience and followers, if you can't get it, if you can't find this whiskey distillery, it's brand new. And I can help you get it. We'll sell it. We're going to make this go big time. Uh, but that's who we're brought to you by. But let's get back into the podcast. And for my audience followers listening, and we talk about, you know, the job process and the interviewing process. But you went to Whitworth College out in Spokane, Washington, played baseball there. Uh, D2, correct? Uh, D3. Did Whitworth prepare you? For the real, I mean, besides the baseball part, you knew obviously maybe you weren't going to go professional. Mm -hmm. um, did it prepare you and how did it prepare you for the real world? Yeah, um, I definitely would say that Whitworth did a pretty good job at giving me the opportunities to prepare myself. Um, and I say opportunities because once you get to college, everything becomes optional, right? So it's up to you to make sure that you're taking advantage of those opportunities. So I would say that um, I did take advantage of those in some capacity to make sure I was ready to take that next step and find a job. And when did you really start thinking about this? Obviously, you were playing baseball. You have a busy schedule. Mm -hmm. Was it your junior year? Was it your senior year? Walk us through that process. Yeah, it was, it was about junior year when I started thinking about how do I want to set myself up for a career after college? You know, kind of very similar to high school when you're thinking about what college I want to go to junior year is kind of that that time frame when that all begins and uh there was a little bit of a, a strange hiccup there because my junior year was also uh, 2020 when uh you know covid kind of stopped the world there but um, i had reached out to the lake elsinore storm for an internship that summer in the minor league system down here in southern california and i had one set up but unfortunately it did get canceled with the season but 
that's kind of the, the time frame when I started looking into setting myself up for post-grad life. And then uh, obviously it's, it's spring of 2020, right? The baseball season is about to start. Lake Elsinore, boom, March mm-hmm. hits. The world stops, shuts down, stop, sports shuts down. So then fast forward to your senior year. First of all, before I get there, what was your major? So my major was business management. And did you know in business management what kind of direction you wanted to go into? Was it sports? Was it the real world business, insurance, finance? What, what did you? What were you thinking in college? For me, it's always been sports. So I, I take I took business management as a, you know kind of I don't want to say uh, almost like a, like a safety net because I know that has a broad a broad net in terms of jobs that you can reach out to for that. Um, but sports was always the main goal for me. So that was. You know, when I'm taking business management, I'm taking all of those lessons and classes and trying to apply that to sports careers and what I can do with that. So let's go back to your senior year. Mm-hmm. Did you follow up with the Lake Elsinore team? Who did you reach out to and how did you get that job? Yeah, so it was, let's see. So getting Lake Elsinore job, I reached out to Terrence Tucker. And once everything got canceled, the communications actually just kind of broke down. And unfortunately, I, I never really heard back from them at all um but i was i was able to get in touch with them you know um my dad my dad knew my gosh i'm I'm forgetting names already but um, my dad knew the coach for the one of the coaches through high school through usc and just kind of like networking got us to lake elsinore storm um but the communication kind of broke down there so after that all happened and we're back in school i'm thinking of okay i that opportunity is gone. I need to start thinking of ways to set myself up for a new one. And one day I was just kind of in our house with my, with my roommates on the baseball team talking. And one of the guys who I played summer baseball for a team out in the, out in North Dakota said that they had summer interns for them. I was like, Oh, well, I know there's teams down here that do that. So I reached out to the uh, OC Riptide and I got applied for an internship with them. And that kind of kickstarted my next um, step in that process. So it sounds like a lot of self-generated being proactive. No one's going to say, hey, Jake, I got an internship for you. Or, hey, Jake, why don't you apply for this? If I'm hearing correctly, you're out there on your own, hustling, looking up potential internships in your niche area, something that you want to do. That's exactly, that's exactly right. So I, I know that the sports was what I wanted. And I know that it's kind of like you said, a niche, a niche area. So you have to put yourself out there, apply for anything and everything. And once you get those hits, you got to really take advantage of it. And then when you were looking up summer internships, who are you reaching out to? So if someone wants to start whatever potential job, career, internship they want to do, you, were you looking up on the internet? And who were you sending your resume and cover letter to or an introduction to? So, yeah. So for the internships, um, when it came to the Orange County Riptide, they were taking applications and I just applied. So I just put my resume in there and, and sent it through. And then once they got back to me, um, I actually had applied for a data analytics for, because that was something that I was interested in, you know, in the baseball world with all the safe metrics and stuff. Um, but I'm no coding guru. So they had me do a game day operations instead, which uh, helped me out. But once you get the internship, it was a lot of uh, talking to who's there. It's like who's in charge and what are their connections. And that's what, that's what really helped propel me. That's great advice. That's great tips. And let's talk about now from there, right? The, the interviewing and hiring process. Talk about 
the follow-up? Did you get interviews right away? Because I try and teach students this and people I'm helping out. How many times you got to reach out to whoever you're trying to work for? And it's just not one company. Did you have a lot? And I'm going to use a sales term. Did you have a lot in your pipeline? Talk about the numbers <coughs> game of, and then the follow-up process. Yeah. So in the interview process, and I was um, I know applying for all these different types of jobs. One of the things that I like to do to follow up if I hadn't heard anything back was to go on LinkedIn and send the interviewer or, you know, someone in the job that you're applying for an invitation to connect. So that way you're kind of getting your name out there and on their mind and go like, oh, why is this person trying to connect? And maybe they go in and find your resume to, and on the application to kind of kickstart the process. And did you reach out to people and did people follow up with you through LinkedIn or was it still more following up through email? It was still more following up through email. I would say in terms of LinkedIn conversations, nothing really arose from that. But there's definitely some times where I would, you know, send the invitation to, to connect and then get email, you know, setting up an interview or saying, hey, you know, I noticed you connected me on LinkedIn. Um, how, how can we set up our next conversation? Out of sight, out of mind. So I'm assuming that you have the LinkedIn premium. I don't actually. I I just have the the basic the basic LinkedIn, and you know it's kind of bold of me to uh, be sending out all these invitations because my I could do better at keeping my LinkedIn uh, profile, let's say, updated or neat and organized. But um, it's just to just to make sure my name's out there on the on the web. I'm going to highly recommend, although you have a current job now. Tell, and you can afford it, get the premium LinkedIn. You can get 40 IMs or DMs that you can absolutely DM somebody uh, without them accepting your invitation. Oh, okay. Yes, absolutely. No. Yeah. Other, you're always learning on the student manager, right? We're helping you get a job, <laughs> interviewing. We'll go through some of these techniques. And I love having guests on because just watching you through high school, then through mm -hmm. college and now into the real world. I think that's where a lot of my audience can benefit from. At first, I thought it was how to get into college. But then, shoot, I've done a lot of interviewing and hiring. And I'm seeing a – it's hard to get a job out there for your generation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Do you have friends that are still trying to get the job that they want to get? And they graduated college. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. Yeah, no, I, I that's definitely right. I think a lot of um, people out there, everyone wants to go go find their dream job, and because that's all you ever see online is you know if you love your job, you're never working. But a lot of times, it's hard to find a job that you that you truly love. So you're applying for all these jobs, and you know sometimes it may not be the one you want, but even then, it's hard to find one. So you know, making sure that you're getting the information out there, how to help people, I, I, it's really great. Let's talk about the rejection, right? Mm -hmm. How many knows? Have you heard and how do you battle back from that? What do you do to keep your mental health just like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to get the right job? Or if I'm ever yeah. going to hear back from this company? So a lot of it actually is you just don't hear back. So there was a few times um, when I, you know, out of college, when I had the internship and was applying, um, I just didn't really hear back from anyone. I was like, okay, well, I guess that that's it. I didn't hear anything. Um, but I will say this with the Dutch. So I'm with the Dutch now for about a month and I actually applied for them three separate times. So I applied for the Dutch first time fresh out of college for an inside sales uh, role. And I didn't hear back from them. Okay, no big deal. I ended up finding the job with Quakes. So it worked out. And then when I was with the Quakes, um, another opportunity arose um, through networking. Um, 
within the Ducks for a position in their sponsorships department for an activation role. And I got the interview that time around because, again, I made was able to make some connections within the organization. So I got that first interview. And unfortunately, I didn't get that role either. But conversations went really well with both my connection and the recruiter. So the Ducks were still very heavily on my mind. And then once a position came about in about in roughly January for the role that I did with the Quakes, which is a group sales account executive, I was like, this, this is the one I got to go for it. Because it's what I do now. I'm good at it. I think I can. I think I can nail this job. So I applied for it, and I ended up getting the job. So at the end of the day, uh, no matter the amount of times you get rejected by even one single company, it's always worth a shot to to keep trying. Third time's a charm. I love the persistence, exactly. wear down resistance. Now let me ask you this, because I, I, I help consult some students and and people that are going through that process. You might have a job right now, mm-hmm. right? You might not have a job, but you're networking and you're connecting with someone that could lead to a job, not today, but maybe a year down the road, right? You might be entering your senior year in college, but you want to go through that process to set you up for the next year or the year after. How do you keep in touch with that person? Did you keep in touch with the ducks throughout the first rejection and the second rejection just to keep your name top of mind? Um, you know, in between first and second rejection, I, I didn't really do a whole lot of, of reaching out. But um, one of the things that did happen when I was working for the Quakes is I went out to a, a Ducks game and uh, with my family. So mom, dad and sister, brother were all there. And I think my girlfriend was with us, too. And one of the corporate partnership managers came over um, and and was talking with us and my dad, you know, my dad kind of kickstarted that conversation there. I, I was fresh with my job, so still a little bit shy. This was about like, I want to say October, November of 21. So I had just started working for full time for about a month. And we were just talking about my new job with the Quakes, how what he's done with the Ducks and just kind of getting into the sales and the sports world and created that connection. So that that's kind of what kickstarted it between try one and try two. And then after a full season with the Quakes is when I started, okay, let me let me reach out to this guy again and see what we can do to maybe get a job with Ducks. I love this story. I, I like the story yeah. a lot. And, and and let's talk about just the networking, right? Besides this person that you're networking with the Ducks, what advice, recommendations, I mean, from starting in college to your first year working with uh, Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, the networking and what you did, what advice would you give someone listening to this podcast right now? Yeah, um, I guess the advice I would give is talk to anyone and anybody that you can, because um, someday down the road, it, it, it just might come back and, and lead you somewhere that you didn't even know was a possibility. And as hard as it sounds, you know, putting yourself out there to relatively complete strangers, um, it's going to be worth it in the long run. And you just got to be genuine and treat yourself. Don't be afraid to strike up that conversation because it could lead to something pretty cool. At Whitworth, mm-hmm. what did you like? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of switch gears over here. What did you – a lot of people don't know. I mean, they want to go to a big school. They want a football team. They want the Greek life, right? Yeah. You were at Whitworth in Spokane, right near Gonzaga, right? What – People don't know about Whitworth. What can you say high level about Whitworth? 30 second elevator pitch. Are you are the regional emission? 
director at Whitworth. How are you going to sell people listening to this podcast on Whitworth? Yeah, uh, I know, like you said, everyone's kind of looking for the big football school, big, big Greek life school. But Whitworth has, I would say, that on a, on a smaller scale. So I play on the baseball team, whether you play on another sports team or you don't play sports at all. You're going to be able to find a group there that you're going to um, be friends with for the rest of your life. Um, Whitworth, you know, great education, great sports, definitely something that I would recommend. And, you know, Spokane, um, don't, don't listen to what you hear from other people. Spokane's a great city. Um, lots of things to go do and explore and the nature's out there. Nature out there is, is wonderful. So Whitworth University, great school, great people. Uh, you'll find friends for the rest of your life there. I do agree with you on the river. There's the river. I was running the trail. There's the downtown Spokane. There's, there's like a little whiskey bar. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, you have Gonzaga there, but it's cold. Uh, Now I love cold, but I'm going to, I'm going to play devil. It's cold. Much snow. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that I had to get used to. And I'd say my freshman year for me, you know, SoCal kid, it was pretty fun. Um, but also as a baseball player, every, let's say, February or March rolled around, you know, practice is really starting to pick up and there's still snow on the ground or it's still snowing. You're kind of like, gosh, darn it. This is, this sucks. Like, why can't I just go outside and play baseball? I have to go inside, play catch, um, you know, get used to. So lots of adversity came with the weather there playing a, a sport like baseball. Traveling D3, tell me one of your favorite campuses that you like playing in that maybe Fonger News has never heard about, but someone in your conference. Someone in our conference, oh, man. Um, you know, I did always like going to um, Pacific. It's in Forest Grove in um, Oregon, Forest Grove, Oregon. And they have really nice facilities there. Um, so I always I always enjoyed going to play there. We went there a lot. We never were able to host them, unfortunately. Um, but Pacific, they have great facilities. I love their field. And unfortunately, it was a very long drive. I think it was our longest drive for for our season. But uh, going there, I, I did always enjoy the facility. Speedy and Jen are in town. Where are they taking you and your friends for dinner in Spokane? Oh, man, that's a good question. Where did we always go? Um, let's see. We love this place uh, that was just across the street from Spokane called De Leon's Tacos. Um, and, you know, Spokane, Washington, you know, Pacific Northwest, probably not really known for the Mexican food. Um, but this place, this place was, was pretty darn good that we like going to. And there is always another one pizza place called McLean's Pizzeria. That was where I was taken to on my uh, recruiting visit there uh, with the coaches. I love that place. So whenever my parents came out, we always made sure to go to McLean's Pizzeria as well. McLean's Pizzeria. And then. He has his favorite Mexican food place. Uh, what, what's your what's your top choice? What are you ordering there at the Mexican um, at the me- Mexican place? Um, I'm a big taco guy, so I'll, I'll go I'll go over there and I'll get some uh, Alpha Store tacos. Those are my those are my favorite ones. Wherever I go, if they have Alpha Store, I'm going to give it a shot. Favorite bar, drinking age, junior, senior. We'll get to the underage fake ID favorite bar. But when you're a junior, <laughs> senior, where did you like to go drinking? Let's see. You know, unfortunately, you know, like I said, I I had I had the pleasure of being uh, a junior and senior during twenty and twenty one. So the COVID restrictions are pretty tight. Um, but when I did go out, there is this uh, piano bar out there that I really enjoyed going to. Um, I can't remember the exact name. It might just be the piano bar, for, <laughs> if I remember. And then there was also Fast Eddie's out there as well. 
So those were a couple of bars that I would have liked to go out to more often if COVID wasn't a thing during those times. That's right. I mean, a lot of my guests that were either in college or they're experiencing colleges for the first year during the COVID are even graduating during that year. So there's the, the next couple of years are interesting because you guys went through an experience that no one else will ever go through, at least in yeah. our life. Yeah, so, hopefully. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Now, what, what about uh, maybe when you're a freshman and sophomore, what, what, is there any under, underage bar that most of the younger kids go to? Yeah, there is one that um, a lot of people would be able to go to, no problem. Um, it was called the Bigfoot, and that one was actually closer to Whitworth. So the you know the piano bar and Fast Eddie's those were downtown Spokane, so a little bit of a more a bigger drive to get there. But there's this place called Bigfoot um, that a lot of people would go to, whether you know during the middle of the week for a quick little happy hour on the weekend as well. Um, that was a pretty popular spot amongst um, our group. And is there a lot of interaction between Gonzaga students and Whitworth, like when you're out in town or not really? There's there's definitely some. Like I, I had some friends on, on my team who were able to make connections because um, there are some Gonzaga kids. You know, a lot of Washington schools like to recruit sports locally. So there were some Gonzaga kids that went to Gonzaga that knew kids at Whitworth. So there was, if you kind of like were in, you knew the right type of people then you'd get the intermingling between Gonzaga and Whitworth. So I'd say definitely to some extent, there's there's some um, social interaction between both schools. Let's get back to now life after call, uh, graduation, right? Mm-hmm. Working for the Ducks. When you got your job with the Ducks, or even with Rancho Cucamonga, after you got the job offer, did you write a personal thank you note? Or have you ever written a personal thank you note after an interview? You know, I, I haven't written a personal thank you note, but one thing I always like to do is after the job offer, and maybe this is kind of, uh, you know, me being part of the younger generation, you know, written notes are, you don't really see much of those anymore, but I do like to send um, a text message or an email saying um, anyone who is a part of the interview process, thank, thanking them for the opportunity, um, enjoy our conversations, really forward looking to get to, really looking forward to getting started, or even if there's a rejection too, right? Um, regardless, I, I like to send them an, an email thanking them for their time and uh, taking me through the process. Did you ever get two job offers at once and you had to accept one and you had to tell somebody, no, um, I'm, I'm looking at another job. I decided to take this job offer. How did you well, go through that process? I did. I did actually. And it was a part of um, accepting the quakes was a part of that. So after my internship and I was applying to these places, I got a job for the Ranch Cucamonga Quakes and then I got another job for the Anaheim Angels. I guess I should say Los Angeles, but I like saying Anaheim but the Anaheim Angels. Um, and it was it was so hard for me because I, I grew up an Angels fan. I am an Angels fan and working for the Angels has always been something that I wanted to do. But there was just something about the Quakes that just kind of took me there. Um, and it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made. And, you know, def- and it's something that when I first started working, I was like, darn, did, it, did I make the right choice? Um, and I'd say where I am right now, um, I think I have made the right choice so far. But it's hard saying no, something I did enjoy doing, but something that I thought was right. And when you said no, did you communicate that over the phone through a Zoom meeting? Yeah, so it was it was over the phone. So. I reached out to the the hiring manager. They they had offered me the job, and uh, once I got back to them with my decision, I did. I called them over the phone, let them know that I was um, taking a different opportunity, 
and they were they were very nice about it. So it made me feel a lot better. They weren't they didn't sound bitter or anything like that. Very nice about it, and uh, wish me luck. It's a numbers game. It could be in the vice mm-hmm. versa role. But let me ask you this: during the interviewing process with both of those organizations, did you communicate? that you were interviewing with two companies. I mean, they're interviewing you, but they also have to know. And I tell candidates this, you need to be interviewing them as well. And you have your choices, kind of like picking Whitworth over Pacific, right? Did mm-hmm. they know at any time during the process that you were the looking at another job or did they think you were only looking at their position? Um, I didn't communicate that I was looking at other jobs, but I definitely think that they were aware of the fact that I was looking for other jobs just because of the um, position itself, entry level. Um, and there was lots of people interviewing for this um, uh, program with the angels as well. So um, I didn't make it aware, but I definitely think they knew it was a possibility or a strong possibility um, throughout the process. What advice would you give to anyone junior, senior year looking for an internship that's going to be question one. And then I'll mm-hmm. follow up to say, now that you graduated, what about a recommendation to getting that first entry level job, maybe with one inter- internship under your belt? Yeah, um, I'd say starting to, when looking for an internship, don't just hop online and type in internships and expect to you know find one that works well for you because there might not be one that shows up and you might have no idea who's a part of that organization. I would say start with, you know, the people in your university, whether that be professors or other, you know, student peers or teammates, because they might have stories to tell you. They might have connections for you. So start there, see where that takes you and find an internship. And then in terms of getting that first job, same type of thing. You know, if you have said internship, start with who's already there. Like, hey, I'm, I'm looking for another job. Can you help me out? Um, this is what I want to do. And if you're looking for um, something to do in the sports industry, what I, you know, what I always wanted to do, the advice that I got is a good way to get your foot in the door is through ticket sales. And that was kind of my approach uh, once I graduated was I just started applying for a whole bunch of roles in ticket sales. So I, I did that, landed the job, and I've, I've learned a lot, met a lot of people and found my way here. Um, I know there's still plenty of, of places to go and, and room to grow. Um, so we're looking forward to that. One month with the Ducks, what do you love about your job today? Um, honestly, the, the, the people there are fantastic. Um, they, I, so I, I, I jumped in during the middle of an uh, eight-game homestand. So every other day there was a home game and everyone has these groups sold or these, these people they got to see, things they got to set up. And I, and I just got here, don't really, don't really have you know, anything going on, but everyone was making sure to uh, take their time, making sure I, I had met people, you know, having conversations with me and that I'm, I'm, I'm set. So the people there have been great. Um, and it's always fun working in sports, to be honest, because it, it kind of gives you a little bit of um, extra fun to do on the side. And I personally know what you do because I'm engaged with some people that sell tickets. But for mm-hmm. my audience and listeners out there, Let's go through a game day. I'm sitting in my seats, right? What's Jake Briones going to do when I'm sitting in my seats that I might have gotten from you or my premium seats? What, 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 what's your, cause you got to go, you got to make your rounds. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. So if I, if I have a group coming out to a game, 
Um, what I'll do is um, after I've, I've kind of handled all the other stuff before the game or other other things going on, I'll pay a visit to my groups and just kind of ask them how everything's going. Did they get into this game? All right. How's, how are the seats? Are you getting your food okay? You know, are you, are you having fun is, is the main question. So basically, what I'm getting out of them. I want to make sure that they're having fun. And if they need anything, that I'll be there to um, make sure that they get it and that they have a good night at the end of the day or at the end of the game and hopefully get them coming back. Because that's once they're in the stadium, we want to make sure we can get them back. It's all about entertainment. Now this is your chance. You have my audience. You have my listeners. You have not only students, you have parents that might be Duck fans that it's all about networking. It's about who you know. How can they get in touch with Jake Briones? Like what's the big sell? What's the big pitch for the Anaheim Ducks for someone out there listening that 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 is a hockey fan? Well, um, if you're interested for the, about the Ducks, unfortunately the season just ended and we didn't make the playoffs. However, going into next year, um, it's, it's going to be very exciting. I, we're hoping to get one of the top prospects out there. Hopefully he's going to be a great player, Connor Bedard. Um, but if you're looking to get in touch with me about um, uh, Anaheim Ducks group events or other Honda Center events, um, you can always uh, reach me at my email, jbriones at anaheimducks.com or go on the website for more information. Uh, go to group sales and I'll, I'll be the guy to help you out. And if you can't get a hold of him, for my audience and listeners, you can always reach out to me, right? They're going to say, hey, do you have any yep. tickets? No, anybody? Uh, because that's what you guys do. You want to entertain. You want to get someone uh, to come out there and then hopefully they have a great time and then bring them back. So I'm mm -hmm. going to end with this. I have a little fun. I love doing this. I just did this with my last recording. You think you're good at interviewing, Jake? Um, I, I, think, I think I'd be okay at interviewing. And you've done great on this podcast, very clear, specific questions, answers, helping my uh, audience to, you know, during that interviewing and hiring process. So first, we're going to start out with this. Do you even know what a 30-second elevator pitch is? I do, yes. Okay, so that, that's, first of all, my listeners, now that you know I talk about it all the time, hopefully you guys do too, but sometimes guests, I put them on the spot. They're like, they may not have heard that term. They know what it is, but you actually mm -hmm. know what the term is. So before we get into it, explain what do you what's your definition of a thirty second elevator pitch? Um, thirty second elevator pitch. Um, it's basically you're 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 selling yourself in a quick amount of time. You know how are you going to get someone to like you in in thirty seconds? You got to keep it short, concise, and to the point. Make sure you got everything out there for them to hire you. Essentially. All right. We are at the Honda Center right now. I'm in concourse level one. I'm going up to concourse level three, getting to the premium club seat area. I run into Jake Brionis in the elevator. He doesn't know who I am. I could be a CEO of a hiring company looking for someone. And I say, hey, what do you do? Who are you? Go. All right. Uh, well, I'm, I'm Jake with the Anaheim Ducks. I'm a group sales account executive here. Um, I coordinate group events, group tickets, um, group nights, anything that you're looking for to bring out a company, um, friends and family. I'm, I'm your guy to set up a fun night for you and your group um, with Anaheim Ducks and keep you coming back. Great 30 seconds. That was less. That was to less. the point. That was, I like it, to the point, specific. Now, Jake, why should I hire you? You know, that's a good question. And that's what I was asked in my last question for the Ducks. Um, so, you know, you should hire me because I'm a young guy who's just getting his, 
career starting the sports industry. I have a lot to learn, a lot of room to grow. Um, and I, I'm excited about those opportunities. I'm excited about uh, where that could lead me in the sports industry. And I'm, I'm just really excited to get going on those, on those types of opportunities in the sports industry. And I love, again, I'm going to tell my audience that it's not what he says, it's how he says it and how he comes across. So you mm-hmm. have that passion and energy, but more importantly, I just told somebody about this. You said, that's a great question. That's a great hint I give to everybody when you're asked a question rather than saying, um, and pausing, when you answer back, that's a great question that buys you one or two extra seconds of time. Does yep. it not Jake? That's, yeah, absolutely. I, I use that a lot in the interview process. Honestly, it, it's a, it's a game saver because a lot of times it, you could be prepared as much as you want, but sometimes you'll get asked a question and maybe you are ready for it. But just something, something doesn't click in your brain and you kind of blank, you draw a blank. So that's when you say, that's a great question because it just gives you a quick, like you said, half a second to maybe come up with something that sounds a little bit better than, uh, uh, you know, uh, so absolutely use great question. I love the preparation, Jake. It's been a great time having you on the podcast, helping, sharing your recommendations, advice in the interviewing and hiring process, as well as at the same time, talking a little bit about Whitworth baseball. Uh, Thank you very much. Fonger News is out.